on the fifth day of Christmas my golf game gave to me an appreciation for old haunts. Hello and welcome to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill. And tonight I am thinking about all the places that are second homes in golf course terms. Probably the handful or two of courses that I've played maybe less than a dozen times, but more than just once or twice around. So I've got some familiarity and, dare I say, some affection for. I was thinking about this. Uh, of all the years we've been coming down here to Hilton Head, um, I played Atlantic Dunes recently with my boys. Being able to go around, now been able to go around the front and the back with them. They've got what would be generously referred to as nine-hole attention spans, but um, they've been able to see that entire course, which is pretty makes is a pretty small list of things they've seen the entire course of. Um, but I was thinking, I actually got to see Atlantic Dunes when it was being grassed in. I took a break. There was slow play all over Heron Point one day down here years ago. Um, and Atlantic Dunes was being grassed in. It had the sprinklers out and all that. So I just took a little detour on the car path. There was nobody there to shoo me off. So I just kind of went meandering and um, I'd forgotten that I got to see it. Uh, you know, I never saw the prior version of the course. I, I can't remember if it was the seaside course, the ocean course, whatever it, it was called. It wasn't, at the end, it wasn't very highly regarded. But Atlantic Dunes on this end of the island has kind of become my hangout. Um, I know, at least I know where the trouble is. I know where the trouble isn't. I know what shots I'm going to struggle with. I can read the greens pretty well. The... You know, the clubhouse, I love the practice facility down here. It's just super. I think I mentioned that before, but it got me to thinking about, um, you know, some other comfort, almost comfort food golf courses. Those places that if they were friends, they wouldn't be family, but they, you'd be glad to see them every time. You know, Atlantic Dunes kind of fits that mold for me on vacation um, because we come down here every year. Now it seems like twice a year, and probably more in the future. Um, it's an underrated, maybe underappreciated course um, because it's not peat dye. You know, this is an island that loves it, some peat dye golf design with Harbor Town and Heron Point and Long Cove, which some people say may be one of his absolute best works. That's on my to-do list, by the way. So if anybody out there needs a fourth for Long Cove, I can make myself available on pretty short notice. Um, but you know, Harbor Town's a marquee experience. I've been around it twice. It feels familiar, maybe because I see it on TV. It's probably one of two PGA Tour events that I will actively seek out rather than watch by default. Probably that and the the one at Riviera because the architecture is so good there. Um, you just feel that way about Austin too in the match play, but. That's kind of gotten lost in the, the COVID reshuffling. Um, but there are several of those in central Kentucky back home. Not the city courses that I play all the time in Lexington. Those, you know, Pickadome and Kearney Hill are my home course. That's, that's what I call home as a gypsy golfer, those two municipal tracks. Um, but there are several others kind of further out that I try to play every year, may not get to. Places like... Um, 
Houston Oaks, Gibson Bay. Um, trying to think maybe uh, what an, another one would be. Those two in particular. Oh, um, Widow's Watch, formerly Golf Club of the Bluegrass, formerly Widow's Watch, and now I think Golf Club of Widow's Watch is some terrible name. They need some marketing people down there. Um, but they are places that, you know, I've played maybe 10 or 12 times over the years. Um, Widow's Watch more because I worked there. So that really is kind of like a home away from home. But they are places that when I get done with a round, um, I, I always think, man, I should play here more. Why don't I make it a point to play here more? And it just seems there are restaurants like that around town in Lexington. I comment to folks all the time. When I walk out of Winchell's or I walk out of one of our several really high quality kind of down and dirty barbecue joints, I think, man, why don't we eat here more? This is always good. And so I get to thinking about why I enjoy those golf courses so much, why I choose them over something else. And, you know, they are courses built by real architects. They're not just kind of laid out by the owners of the land back in the day or by some city um, you know, rec parks and recreation department. So they've got strategic interest, which is always fun when you can capture that. And they are places that have challenges. You know, they're not particularly easy, but they're not too hard. Um, just kind of fit right for my game. They get that balance right between joy and challenge the difficulty they've got something that that triggers my brain my golfing brain the correct way i can attack but i can also lose a golf ball so that's fun it's not just hit and giggle kind of wide open resort golf at those places um and i think the familiarity there it, that's a part of it too because i uh, i know in the past, I have struggled going to new courses for the first time in any competitive environment or going to maybe a marquee golf course if I get an invite to a country club or something and I've, that I've never been there. Very rarely will I have played my best golf there. Now, I guess most of that is psychological. Yes, sometimes the, the courses are more difficult than I'm used to or I'm just maybe I'm just in a rut, but seems like it's probably just all mental that since there's not a comfort you don't know what is out there you don't know what's around that next hillock or uh, around that bend or you know how far to to really try to carry the dog leg or something like that that unfamiliarity breeds fear and I guess a little anxiety and it seeps its way into my hands and into my swing whereas on these places that I've got a level of comfort with these old haunts I know almost intuitively at that point because I've been there enough you know what shot where the real trouble is that you want to avoid where you can kind of play through or hack out of and where uh, which side of the fairway you want to be on for a better view or, or which pin not to go to because there's some trouble hidden up there behind it that maybe you can't see from the fairway and that that mental comfort zone is there's something to be said for that. That is enjoyable. It, again, it, it kind of makes the game, it brings the right balance between challenge and enjoyment. And maybe that's as close 
as I will get to a membership for a while. Maybe that's what, you know, maybe that's part of the enjoyment for guys that are members of a club and get to play the same course over and over again, is they build up that mental familiarity. Um, some of the guys I play with that are members of clubs absolutely dominate on their home tracks, and some of their games are exactly the same everywhere, which I think may be even more impressive. So, um, despite all this talk uh, I've had recently of Wanderlust and Winter Cabin Fever and um, New Year's List, New Year's Lists are always great, you know, goals, you things you want to go see and new things you want to do and you really mean it this time. All of that, there's something to be said for the old hats, for the old places that fit like a glove, where you're standing on the tee box with almost no anxiety, no fear, because you know about where you're going to hit it, you know whether you can get to the trouble or not, you know whether you're going to have a, a scoring opportunity if you hit a good shot. That really kind of just clarifies the point that golf is so, so mental. Once you get to a certain point of the mechanics of it, that it really becomes a mental game, that the execution of it, whether you're able to hit good shots, is just all in the head. At least it is for me. Um, for, for the people that can turn it off and not be inside their own head, God bless them. I just don't, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't slow the, the waves down. Um, but I enjoy my old haunts. My favorite courses down in Southern Pines, which you all know I love, Mid Pines and Tobacco Road. And Southern Pines, the golf course is growing on me too. They're not quite old haunts. I don't think I've been around them enough, although they're eligible for membership in that club. So, you know, speaking of the way brains work and not, I think I, I joke mostly with myself um, that I, I always wonder and I always look askew at colleagues that are always making new friends because I, I firmly believe, um, you know, I make a lot of new colleagues and new acquaintances and very, very few new friends. And a lot of that, I think, has to do I think it's largely universally true. Um, I think it's based largely on my own unscientific speculation and my personal definition of friend. Um, it, that may go back 20 or 30 years being a kid that moved around. But I am one that once I latch on to a friend or, or someone that I enjoy having in my life, I work pretty hard to keep them there. It's just me. I'm maybe loyal to a fault and end up in asymmetric relationships more often than not. And that is, I think if I squint my eyes and tilt my head just right, I can look at golf courses kind of on that spectrum too, beyond just the places that are hard, places that are easy, that sort of thing, places that are championship worthy and have merit, quote unquote. Um, you know, as my discretionary golf time continues to grow smaller due to just life, kids, career, family commitments, all sorts of things. As that going forward gets to occupy less and less of my time, where I choose to spend kind of those precious moments of, you know, free golf time it gets a little harder. You know, when it was before the commitments began piling up, it was easy to think, okay, yeah, well, I can just sneak off here because it's not crowded. And then 
you know, next time I get to play with whomever, then we can go and see Houston Oaks or I'll make my annual pilgrimage down to the Bull or Gibson Bay or something like that. Um, but, you know, because I'm playing so much less golf that isn't either on vacation slash a golf trip or part of kind of our city leagues that I participate in, um, just going back and looking at my gin records for the year, my golf handicap index network uh, list of courses played, man, it is, it really wasn't a lot of, it was only nine new courses this year, and it, there weren't a lot of places that weren't part of a tournament. I guess that speaks to, um, you know, I should also say the Donald Ross course up at French Lick for a day trip getaway um, before Park Mammoth came along. That was it. That was an easy drive, not too far, um, really high quality golf, and that was kind of capable of becoming an old haunt for me. And hopefully maybe Park Mammoth becomes that uh, because it's an easy drive. You can get down and back in a day without much stress and it's a really fun really high quality golf course but um now those two come with a price tag there you couldn't do that every day um but i think just looking at those you know once i've had a good or great golf experience somewhere um it registers that i want to kind of i want to be loyal to it and i don't know why that is i i kind of pride myself on being resistant to the great marketing machines in the sky and the ones online. Um, I'm much more, I will much more happily just reward the people um, or feel like I'm rewarding them by my continued patronage than again, checking someplace off a list or succumbing to all the advertising and marketing, which really doesn't, I guess, apply so much to golf courses outside of the few that invest online heavily. Um, but it, I don't know. It's that there's going to be a tension there between wanting to adventure, giving into the wanderlust, and wanting to see new things versus, um, you know, wanting to go back to those great experiences and revisit them. So I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know how. Um, I guess probably, but when um, whether we continue in this golf boom and how busy places are, that's always a concern for me. Um, one of the nice things about places that have online tee sheets is beyond just the convenience of being able to book a round of golf without having to talk to an actual person um, for those for my introverted characteristics and friends out there in that great. Um, but you, it's also kind of a sneak peek at the tee sheet. If there are lots of tee times available, there's a good chance that I'm going to be able to get around timely um, and not lose a whole day or half day away from the family and the other fun stuff I've got going on in my life versus, oh God, the dreaded, well, if it's crowded, is it going to be, am I signing up for a five hour round? Am I going to have to leave after 14 holes? Something like that. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how that tension's going to play out. Um, but I do know, I do appreciate the handful of courses that are kind of home away from home and really high quality experiences. As I said, kind of old friends and old haunts. Be curious to know how, how you revere yours if you've got some old haunts around where you live or places that are tried and true. Maybe you go to the same place on summer vacation every year and at some place that uh, you give a, a would-be hug if it was a person. You'd give it you know, a little bit more than just a fist bump. So uh, with that, I think I'm going to call this a day and I will speak to you again tomorrow night.
you know, I've got this this to-do list and I've got this great kind of old companion comfort food golf list. Can I publish a never again list? Can I put that out there or is that too mean? I mean, I'm pretty mean, but is that even a bridge too far for me? I don't know. I don't think on it.